You're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I'm Pastor Josh. I would like to invite you to embark with me on a journey, a journey of biblical study. Through practical application of the Word of God, it is my prayer that you grow in greater relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we journey to the next Stepping Stone of Faith. All right, you're listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. Let's get right into this, folks. Let's get right into this. Last time when we got together, we talked about of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. And that was the how we view Jesus Christ. How do you view, view Jesus Christ in your life? And that was something that we need to, in our best recollection, try to really think about Jesus Christ and what, who he is and how, how majestic he is. If you want to know more about those, that video or that audio, whichever way you're, you're, you're taking this teaching in, go to the previous one and listen to that and then come back to this one. Today, we are going to be looking at our response to the majesty of Jesus Christ based upon Isaiah's response in 6, 5, and following down. Okay? Now he goes on and he says, Woe is me, for I am I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, we'll stop there for a moment and understand that our response should be, Woe is me! Woe is me, oh my goodness. I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man of unclean lips. My words, my deeds, my heart is wrong. My words, my deeds, my heart is wrong, is bad. I am unclean. My eyes have seen the holiness of God. And when we think about that, when Jesus Christ comes in and he works in our life and he does things, he changes our life by way of salvation. When we come to that realization of who Jesus is, this should be our response. I am unclean. I am unholy. I am, whoa, I am undone. I'm undone by the majesty and power of God. It should be our response. My speech is not right. My heart is not right. My deeds are not right. That should be our response. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. That should be our response. Then it goes on and it says in verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal which, which he had taken from the tong, with the tongs off the altar in his hand. And he laid it on my mouth and said, This has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Cleanliness comes by fire. Now, now, that doesn't seem weird. That doesn't sound weird. I'm sure it sounds kind of, but, but, but if you think about that for a moment, fire disinfects. Fire, uh, kills germs. I'm, I'm thinking about, I used to watch, you know, you watch old movies where they're trying, they, they cauterize a wound, they heat, they heat a knife or they heat something, you know, and they, and they touch it to the thing and it 
clots and cleans and clots the wound or if they're trying to cut out something or not being graphic at all here but going on what what uh, I've seen in movies and although movies can be inaccurate at times it stands to reason it stands to understand that uh, a fire will 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 kill germs and disinfect in this way the the coal the hot coal was touching his lips and it was clean he was clean then by fire you know you think about the, the thing about the old testament further in the old testament this the 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 offerings the offerings were given up by fire and because of those offerings their sin was covered it wasn't cleansed but it was covered because of the fire so the the seraphim touched his mouth his lips and your iniquity he says is taken away and your sin is purged he was made clean by the fire and you know you think about that and i'm i'm getting a little bit off topic but we are at times tried by fire you know the the whole that whole saying tried by fire that is partly coming from something like this an understanding like this not that it relates completely but it's like when you when you are purifying a metal you heat it up you pull the dross off of the top you heat it up again more dross comes and the more you do that the purer the metal comes or the, the gold or silver or whatever the case the, the more you do that the more pure that becomes that's being tried by fire that's what it means to be tried by fire and when we think about that and we think about what what the cleanliness of of isaiah from from his lips being touched by the coal his iniquity was taken away. All that dross, all that blackness was taken away and he was made pure, made pure by that very act. His sin was pure, purged. Just like when you, when you take silver and you melt it down and you pull the dross off the top and you put it back in there and you heat it up again and, and more of it comes off and you draw that dross off the top and, and it becomes purer and purer. He was made pure by that fire. He goes on in verse verse 8, and he says, Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he said, Until the cities are laid waste without inhabitants, and the houses without man, and the land is utterly desolate, and the Lord has removed men far away, and there is a great forsaking in the midst of the land, but yet in it shall be a tenth of it shall return and shall be burned as a tabernacle 
tree or as an oak whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the, so the holy seed is its stump. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here with this. He's telling them to help them, you know, make, make, God's going to make them not perceive and be dull and their ears heavy to not hear until judgment is come. Until judgment is come. Until it is laid waste in inhabitants. And then they can, then they, then the, the holy stump or the, the, that he's talking about will then begin to regrow, rebring about the holiness of the people. Now, what I want to draw out, draw out here is Isaiah's willingness. And this brings a question. Are we willing as individuals to do whatever it takes when God says, do something, go here, go there, do this, do that. Are we willing as individuals? If God was to say to go, could you go? If God were to say stay, could you stay? If God were to say change it, would you be able to change it? If God were able to, if God were to say start doing something or stop doing something, could you start or stop something? You see, it's the willingness that God is after. It is the heart that God is after. It is the willingness to do that which God wants us to do. And do we have that willingness? You see, that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Am I perfect? Is, is Joshua DeNoyer perfect in all of this? And, and the answer is always no. The answer is always no. And, and if you were to be honest with yourself and ask that question honestly, the answer for you would be no as well. And that's a normal answer. We are not perfect. We are not made perfect. We were, not, we were made of sinful man and this world is sinful. Therefore, we are not perfect. And therefore, the answer is always no to these kinds of things. We strive to be better. We strive to do better. We strive to be people uh, that God would be pleased with and, and God is pleased with, but we can always grow. We can always be better. We can always have something more to, to grow in, to do, to be. Because God wants us to be better. He knows we're not perfect. He knows me better than I know myself. God does. He knows I'm not perfect. He knows who I am and my ins and outs. He knows who I am. But God wants us to understand that in Him we can be better. Walking with Him we can be better. Walking in his way, we strive to be more like him. Strive, strive to have the mind of Christ. How does that happen? I always say this, and I always will say this. How does that happen? Well, you, you do three things. Three things. Number one, you spend time with God in his word. You prayerfully consider it, and you, you, you look at this book, this book, as more than just a book. It is a living, breathing word. 
Number two, you prayerfully go into your time with God expecting God to say something to you, to reveal something to you greater than you've ever seen before. In that respect, we could say that we go into expecting as we pray for God to tell us we need to change something or we need to start doing something, we need to stop doing something or we need to go here or go there. We go into a prayer time with God with that kind of expectation. Do we go into prayer time with God with that kind of expectation? It's a question. Number three, the third thing you do. Well, let's back up to number two. The second part of number two is this. After a time of prayer, when we bore our heart to God, the crucial part of that is the application, which means we stop talking, we stop praying, we take some time to be quiet before God, we wait for God to reveal to our heart that which He wants us to understand. And then the most crucial part of it is the application part. The actual changing, the actual moving, the actual doing that which God wants us to do. The actual thing. That is what's important. The actual thing. You understand? The actual thing. Doing it. Applying it. Doing that which God wants us to do. The actual thing. Now, the third thing we do, we need to be doing is not, the Bible says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, as we see that day approaching. That's a roundabout scripture. It's pretty close. But the Bible says that. So we're not to forsake the body. We're not to forsake the believers. We're not to forsake the, the, the assembling of the believers. We're not an island unto ourselves. We are a part of a bigger body of Christ. And to understand that uh, is very important. And to know that when we are bigger within something bigger than ourselves, it takes more than us. And God uses those that we speak with in our churches to minister to us. God might confirm something through someone else. God might allow you to use your your trials and tests to minister to someone else. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I love, listen, Clayville United Brethren Church does live feed on Sunday mornings on Facebook. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. I do that for a purpose. I do that for those that are unable to be there can watch live and take part. And there are people out of state that do do that. But if you are able, listen, to be in a body, to be in a group of people, do that. Listen, the services are always going to be there. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be archived on Facebook and they're going to be on YouTube as well. You can always go back and watch those. But if you are able to get into a church where there is a body of believers, that God can lead you to do that. Do that. Because that's what God would want. That's what God would want. It's to allow you to grow in grace and knowledge of God, to allow you to be spoken to, to allow you to be ministered to in your life. Do that. 
be willing to be teachable by God. And then, not only that, be willing to be applicable of those things that God is teaching you. That's what Isaiah was. Isaiah was more than willing to do that which God wanted him to do. Are you the same way? Well, I hope you've enjoyed this little look at Isaiah chapter 6 and how Isaiah saw Jesus Christ in the first episode of this particular little double series and then our response. I pray that you enjoyed that. I pray that you enjoyed the the understanding of that. One of the things I want you to do is I want you to to start seeing God for who He is, and I want you to be start being start trying to be willing to allow God to move in your life. Okay, if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, you could do that. You can call the 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 Stepping Sons of Faith uh, number. It's eight one five three four eight nine six two nine. Call that number. That is our prayer prayer center number. You won't get me as a person, but you'll get the answering service. You can you can leave your prayer requests on there. I will pray for you, either on Sunday night, uh, in the in the Sunday night Bible study, and I will also pray for you in our church. And I also pray for you privately. If you don't want those prayer requests to be public, please indicate private only. Or if you do not indicate either way, they will remain private. Okay, but if you want them to be public, please indicate public prayer request, please. All right, so until next time, I'm Pastor Josh. God bless. <laughs>